Welcome to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program, where our mission is to help develop more and better speakers. Whether you've been speaking for decades or just thinking about getting qualified, you will find valuable tips, lessons, and inspiration here. This is Sean Graver from the Tacoma Northwest Camp in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here is this week's episode. This episode, we are talking with a brother who joined the Gideons in 2006 and became a speaker in 2008. He has served as camp webmaster, church ministry chairman, treasurer, and president. He has also served as a state church ministry regional program leader. Now, in his professional life, he works for Boeing as an airplane instructor pilot. And today, Lance Lindsley is our guest. So welcome, Lance. Thank you. So, Lance, what motivated you to become a church ministry speaker? Well, I had done quite a bit of public speaking in my professional life and uh, had opportunities to talk to fairly large gatherings. And when I became a Gideon uh, and I got excited about the ministry, excited about what God was doing in the ministry, I just thought that it was a natural extension to take my speaking that I had done publicly and take it uh, take it to churches. So I felt like I could uh, maybe fit uh, fit into that role and uh, and, and, and be a good uh, church speaking. So what kind of public speaking had you been doing previously? Well, I'd, I had, uh, had worked for Boeing for a number of years and, and done public uh, some public forums and panels. I had also been in the Armed Forces and the Air Force and, uh, and uh, had opportunities to speak with, with my units and be in charge of units and talk to those, those uh, men and women as well. So I'd, I'd done quite a bit of speaking to small groups and to large groups and felt fairly comfortable doing it, but the church setting was kind of a new thing for me. Well, so now that you're a bit more seasoned in the church speaking setting, what does your preparation process look like today? Well, before I, uh, I have a kind of an annual process and then just a process before each, uh, each service as an annual uh, update. I look through my testimonies. I always refresh my testimonies every year so that I have a whole new batch of testimonies. And then as I go to an individual uh, church prior to, uh, to presenting at that church, I'll go through my, 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 my world statistics, I'll update the numbers, I'll update uh, uh, some of the t- testimonies, I'll take a look at the particular church and see if uh, a particular testimony is more, more or less relevant to that congregation. And I'll also look at my, uh, uh, look at my scriptures uh, and make sure those are also relevant to that church setting. So your preparation really involves centering on your actual audience. You're, you're, it's less about your presentation. It sounds like it's your focus is more on your audience. Certainly. I mean, obviously, uh, in, within the, the, the outline format, I'm going to cover the same general areas. Well, well, to the degree that I can, depending upon the time that I have. Uh, so I'm going to tailor it based upon the time, but certainly that particular church congregation uh, based upon its domination, based upon its uh, its particular personality, might have a, a different. Uh, I may have a different approach to to, to uh, speaking in that church. Yeah, I think that's I think that's something that a lot of people do, but probably not enough. And and that is something we all need to be aware of: is that one size doesn't fit all, and that the same presentation that works at one church with one. You know, sometimes the cultures are a little different between churches, and that knowing that church helps us tailor that and deliver a message that's more meaningful to them to help make that connection. Absolutely. When you're about to step up and give your presentation and you're heading to the podium, what do you bring with you? I always carry a Gideon Bible. It's important to show uh, the congregation kind of what you're talking about. So I'll always have a Gideon Bible because I want to talk about the fact that we do uh, place in hotels. 
But typically, I also bring a uh, New Testament because I'm going to, in my testimonies, I'm going to talk about a particular person who received one in a distribution or or uh, someone who found a uh, Gideon's New Testament. So I carry those items, and also I carry up a couple of uh, Gideon uh, Expressions cards, some Gideon cards that I can also put that into the presentation as well, as long as I have time to uh, present that. So I have those three things that I carry with me. I do carry a small one-page note card with very small bullets in case I kind of get sidetracked, but generally that's just laying out of the way, and uh, I don't tend to use that much. It's just there for... uh, in case I sidetrack and need to go back and take a peek at it. That's a good point. You bring up about a note card. Now, a lot of people are very concerned about losing track, not covering something or covering something too much. Or you know, There's a lot when we look at what's expected uh, to cover. And sometimes in a 10-minute format, that can be very challenging. You keeping note card, is that primarily bullet points? Or what do you have on there that helps you? Pretty much bullet points and, and, and big enough font that I can actually just glance without reading because I, I never want to read from the card. As a matter of fact, I don't really want the congregation to know I'm glancing at the card per se. So I've got a card that's just small enough not to be obvious, but with large enough bullets that I can just see the main the main topics. And that way, as I go down my presentation, I'm hitting those main topics. And I've already thought about the, uh, the things I'm going to discuss based upon the, the amount of time I have. So I tailor each one of those, save them on a computer and tailor each card individually to that congregation so I know exactly what I'm going to attempt to cover, but in very short bullet format, so I'm not reading from that card. And how do you typically open or start your presentation? I open with with a testimony that I find to be particularly uh, emotionally moving. I like to start with a with a statement, an opening statement that kind of gets the congregation's attention, uh, whether it's uh, not necessarily for shock value per se, but at least to say, hey, this this guy's saying something that, I, that I'm going to listen to, something unusual. So I'll open a presentation with an opening statement that is related to a testimony, and then I'll immediately move into that testimony and present a testimony. And I like to give a testimony that really moves me and has, that has really special meaning and shows God's power, something that's really an exciting testimony so I can get started right away on, on a good note. You know, that's a common theme that I've heard from many other church presenters, and it's one that I find also very effective. I almost need to visualize the person in that testimony. I want to speak about that person. If I don't know anybody, I I prefer to use a testimony where I know somebody related to it, but if I don't, I've got to have that kind of connection where I can feel that uh, what that really meant for that person to have this life-changing and soul-saving experience uh, because I think that shows through in our presentation. And I, I imagine you, you probably have one that would speak to you that way that helps you connect. Is that one of the ways you use to connect to the audience on a more personal level? Oh, yeah. I mean, a testimony that stirs or moves me to, you know, to show God's power to me is moving the uh, congregation as well. And so I, I try to make sure I'm very, I also try to make sure I'm very specific. Use uh, the individual's name in the testimony, where they live, what year it occurred. I, I want to make sure the the congregation knows this. Hey, this is this is what happened to a real person in a real situation, and not uh, a hypothetical story. So I find a moving testimony that shows the amazing power of God's uh, love, and at the same time is very specific to a person at a place at a time, so that uh, the congregation knows. Hey, this is, this is a real person that really happened that way. Now, tell me about maybe a, an interesting or unique approach that you bring to your presentation that perhaps is not exactly out of the textbook, but that you find effective to connect with people. 
I try to find different ways to pull the congregation into involvement or in, right into the uh, into the conversation. Uh, one of the things I've done, I don't I don't do it all the time, but one of the things I've done is I'll think of I'll have a list of a number of uh, different situations where Gideon's New Testament was you know you know save someone, and I will look at the audience and I'll find the person and I'll say you were in that jail when. Joe received his New Testament, and then I'll move to another person and say, you were in that hospital when, you know, Bob was on the, or the, the edge of death and his family found that, that Bible in the, in the drawer. And I'll move around the congregation a few times, just very briefly, and, and try to involve them and make them, if, if that church has been involved in the Gideons, make them feel that they are personally connected with the ministry, that they have had a personal role in getting God's Word out to save souls. Well, wow, that really does sound powerful. I, I like that approach personally because when I'm listening to someone talk about a ministry like this, an important message, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to feel engaged with it. But when you're looking directly at someone and telling them you are part of this and you helped, especially if it's a church maybe that has already been supporting us to be able to say, here's what you did. Here's, here's what happened with what you gave last year. Exactly, exactly. And I do that. I use that a lot in churches that are supportive. But you can also, in a church that, say, hasn't really done much in the past, you can still individually focus on members of that congregation. As you go through your presentation, it personalizes the presentation. As If you make eye contact with a person as you're describing a particular situation and you move around the room, you want to make sure that you're drawing people into the conversation. So to speak. Now, how do you evolve and improve that presentation year after year, especially if you're returning to the same church so they don't hear the exact same message? At the beginning of each year, because I, gen- I generally don't go into a church more than once a year, but at the beginning of each year, I'm going to refresh all my testimonies. I'm going to go find those compelling, exciting testimonies that, that move me, and I'm going to basically purge all the ones I've used in the past, and I'm going to start fresh. So I know I don't walk into a church and give the same testimony I gave to them the last time I talked to them. Uh, I want them to hear something new, something different. And, and, and there's just so many testimonies that are available to us. You can actually refresh those on a regular basis so that you're never giving the same information twice to any church. And being that testimonies are probably the most memorable element of the presentation, the fact that you're purging those each year and purposefully starting with fresh ones to make sure that it, it doesn't sound like a repeat sounds like excellent advice. And when you get to the towards the end of your presentation and when you're making that call to action, uh, what does yours sound like? You know, it, it's, it basically has the same elements. I'm always asking for first and foremost to pray for the ministry, to pray to open doors, to pray to open na- uh, countries so that we can get God's word out. So I'm always making sure that prayer is the first thing that I introduce in that call to action. Uh, I'll tailor that based upon the amount of time I have available. If I if I have plenty of time, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a pretty thorough job of pitching uh, Gideon cards. I'm gonna do a thorough job of pitching membership and talking about being involved in a vibrant international worldwide ministry. So, but I will cover all three of those elements. Whether it whether I only just have just a short amount of time or I have more time, I'll elaborate. But certainly, prayer always goes first for the ministry. Giving goes goes into the, the pitch, depending upon whether we're doing an offering or not uh, doing an offering. I'll even give them an opportunity to, to give at thegideons.org and, and actually go to the website. And I pitch membership uh, as well. So I always try to put those elements into the closing statements. And certainly at the end, thanking the pastor personally for, for his or her support and our opportunity to, to uh, come in and be blessed to give that message. And when the pastor is willing to allow an offering, how do you prefer to handle that? 
any way the pastor wants it. I mean, it really comes down to individual church preference. I've uh, I've had uh, offerings in the service, which is fantastic. I've had uh, open Bible uh, giving at the door. I've had different ways to do that. And, and then I've had many services where it just wasn't offered. And uh, certainly I'm not going to push for that. I'm going to be open to uh, what the Lord uh, wants to do in that church and what the pastor is willing to support in that church. And if you could give one piece of advice to other speakers or, or aspiring speakers, what would that be? Pray uh, for God to put the right words in your mouth and understand that when you go up, uh, the Lord is going to put those words in your mouth. And that gives a sense of confidence and gives a sense of purpose to what you're doing. So putting God in the center of what you're doing is his, because of his ministry improves your performance as you go to talk to a congregation. And Lance, today, were there any questions that I didn't ask that I should have or any other closing comments that you'd like to share? No, I don't think so. But I do want to say uh, it's just a great blessing to be a speaker. And uh, I, I make sure that I thank congregations for the blessing of providing a, uh, a report because it is a blessing to be able to, to talk to a congregation. So uh, that's, that's something that I do uh, thank the congregation and the church for. Excellent. Well, Lance, thank you very much for sharing all of your insight today. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program. We hope you found it informative and inspirational. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on an upcoming episode, send me an email at sean.graver at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N dot G-R-A-V-E-R at gmail.com or visit our website at www.tgispeaker.com and use the password TGI for access. Proverbs 9.9 says, Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. See you next time.